just like they did in August, Solace Meds has some awesome deals going on throughout the month of September for DNVR listeners. You guys can get Can America gummies for 25% off throughout the entire month of September. You can get Strange Tinctures for 20% off. Rockin' Cartridges, 25% off. Glacier Concentrates, 20% off. They've also got a Labor Day sale going on, Labor Day weekend. On September 6th, you can buy three, get the fourth product for 10 cents. On Patriot Day, September 11th, buy three, get the fourth for 10 cents as well. Of course, if you head into any location, you can get a free Solace Bar or King Cone when you mention the code DNVR20. That code is also going to get you 20% off your entire purchase. So stop into any four of their convenient Colorado locations today. They've got one in Fort Collins, one in Wheat Ridge, one off of Broadway, and one just blocks away from the DNVR bar on East Colfax. Stop in the Solace Meds. They've got all those deals that I just said. Of course, you can always get 20% off when you use the code DNVR20 at any of those locations. You're going to get a free Solace bar or King Cone with your purchase as well. Loving the energy today, fellas. (laughs) Loving the energy. Is there music? I don't know. (laughs) What is up, everyone? Welcome into the DMVA show, the DMVR Nuggets podcast. Wow, we got air horns on set. We got air horns coming from the back. We got air horns everywhere. I'm going to feel like that was a little fabricated. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, No, no. Straight fabricated vibes today. No way. They're good. I mean, good. All right, go ahead. Yeah. We are presented by DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Use code DNVR when you sign up and download the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Great show today, guys. Great show. We got the one-year anniversary of Game 7. We got the Aaron Gordon extension to cover. We're going to cover every single angle of the Aaron Gordon. Every angle. And don't bury the lead. No Adam. No Adam, baby. Let's go. (laughs) Uh, I'm Harrison Wind, of course. Got D-Line here uh, to my right. What's going on, man? You know, guys, you know what I've uh, like. I've been thinking about it all day. You know what I'm like really into? What's that? The Denver Nuggets. Oh I'm yeah, ready, dude. I'm ready to think, start thinking about them again in a real way. Like it's it's feeling real. They've been this abstract concept. We talk about Jokic as just sort of the top human. Um, other players is sort of an idea. It's starting to become real. Yeah, it's not. It's not anymore when when Jokic gets into town. That's not when we really start thinking about the Nuggets anymore. I feel like it's uh, September fifteenth is when we <laughs> maybe we start thinking about the Nuggets. The one year anniversary of Game Seven now. Also got Brendan Vote who's showing an awful lot of leg. <laughs> yeah, you guys told me you like the ankle. So I'm Emphasis on awful, by the way. Everything from toes to upper no, thigh. No, I'm, I'm going to say he's showing a great amount of leg. Yeah. <laughs> and you know what? There was a leg day recently, so maybe that's why. <laughs> but I got to admit, to Eric's joking point, does seem like the uh, Nuggets cinematic universe is waking oh, up. Dude. Yeah. It does. I feel like today is the day I saw more tweets, especially at DNVR Nuggets. We've been live tweeting some of those clips. Uh, not live tweeting, but tweeting out some of those clips. And people are like, they're feeling it. They miss Nuggets basketball. They can't wait to watch again. I'm right there with them. Yeah. It's a great feeling. It's it's honestly a great feeling because the season's around the corner. Training camp is going to tip off two weeks from yesterday. Wow. The preseason Dude. in pretty much three weeks. Dude. It's wild, man. I woke up and I was like, why do I feel so good? I mean, surely like... I mean, I feel like other people wake up like that and they just like, oh, my self-worth is driving yeah. that feeling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Nice. I don't have any of that. So everything else comes from the outside. I was like, oh, you're at the Nuggets. Or, oh, know, yeah. It's becoming real. I wonder what's changed externally. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, like I said, I want to start today by looking back because we've been doing a bit of this on the podcast and the DNBA show over the last couple of weeks because it's the one year anniversary of a lot of things, or it has been the three one series comeback over the Utah Jazz. And now today, September 15th, the one-year anniversary of the Nuggets coming back from a 3-1 deficit against the Los Angeles Clippers. And again. Like, yes, again. I, I say this every time, but it's crazy that that was only one year ago, yet it was two seasons ago. That's going to mess with my mind and my brain and my head forever. Um, but it was. I mean, this is a, a crazy day in Nuggets history. The first team ever to come back from two 3-1 deficits. And, and one year ago today, 104-89, the Nuggets completed that second 3-1 comeback against the Clippers, sent Doc Rivers packing. Um, one of, you know, just the greatest playoff memories, maybe the greatest playoff memory in franchise history. Um, yeah, let's give it up. Yeah, <laughs> keep it, it going. Keep it going for the Denver Nuggets. <laughs> I'll throw it to you, Vote, first. Where do you want to start here? What's maybe a lasting memory that you have from this sure. day last year well i'll throw it right to the comments i want to know where you guys were i'm sure we all remember and some of you were right here with us in what was for my money the best night to be in the dnb oh, one of my favorite nights as a sports fan not just a nuggets fan a sports fan my favorite nights i've ever had my two feet on the ground in the right place to be the emotion was insane people didn't hold back you know, they, they were embracing what Wynn just said. This might very well be the highest of high in, in team history, at least in the NBA. And sure, that it's a low bar to clear, but we were all there together when they cleared it. And that it was just sensational. Uh, I won't forget seeing the unabashed joy on, 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 just across the faces of adults. Yeah, dude. It was, I mean, I remember, where, where was I? Let's see. I think I was in this exact spot. <laughs> yeah. I think that I didn't move. Um, my favorite part uh, was Paul George clanking it off the side of the backboard, yeah. watching the mighty and the uh, falsely assembled L.A. Clippers fall to bits. Oh, and then we lost out on that battle of L.A., dude. Oh, I know. And then, yeah, the, the, all of the NBA lost out on the battle of L.A. We got to ruin the NBA for everybody. Man, it was sweet. I, uh, you're right. I, then I got uh, like exceedingly drunk, as yep. I recall. Yeah. No other memories recorded after that. Right. <laughs> what was great about the ending of that game is the game was over with like five minutes left in the fourth. Oh, dude, it was an un yes. It, it was it, like that was the greatest part about it. you're right. right. Is that it was an extended party. Yeah. It wasn't like Game Seven against the Jazz when right. we were just show so stunned. By what transpired at the very end of that game, like we were almost just in shock. Yes, we we were celebrating. We were living it up for the last five minutes of the fourth oh, quarter. In this dude, one. that was. And if, if we really want to get down to it, that was the true birth of the Smuggets. That <laughs> five minutes left at the fourth quarter is when we all ascended to a higher plane. We realized that there was something larger than the Nug life that we'd all been living in, and there was a much larger world that we could be a part of. Smuggets were born. We're never looking back. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's right. I see this comment from Jen, uh, a local media 
brethren got really upset with us for deep faking a post game press conference. <laughs> oh my god, that was one of the greatest tweets we've ever put out. That like, was that was great. That was iconic. Guy cast Vanti in VR. <laughs> that was iconic. Um, uh, you know yeah. what? Sorry, I just want to piggyback yeah, off. Go the ahead, point, go ahead, because it's a good one. We started the clips about halfway through the third quarter today, yeah. and the first one we started with was Murray to yoke to Gary Harris because. That's just that fills the hearts of every. I loved Nuggets your tweet fan. too. The original big three, the original core man, and right around that moment, I think you can sort of. No one wants to say it out loud, but you look across the room, you're seeing fellow Nuggets fans, and we're kind of starting to realize, yeah, yo, this isn't going backwards. This lead's going to get bigger, not smaller, and yeah. we don't know that quite yet, but we're feeling it. And then with each minute into the fourth, we're watching the team realize, as we're realizing alongside them, you know they have this they have yeah. this in the bag and it was kind of symbolic of how the entire series went because the nuggets of course get in the 3-1 hole the paul Millsap, marcus morris dust up happens that ignites you know the nuggets again but from that point on it was really like denver had the clippers figured out man the lasting you know like memory it's not even one play but the image or sequence i just have in my head is the yoga murray pick and roll and Denver just getting whatever it wanted out of it. Yep. The Clippers could not cover yep. the Jokic-Murray pick and roll, and Denver just went to it again and again and again and had just figured out the Clippers totally. Yep, 100%. And, and eventually it got to a point where L.A. just couldn't do anything, man. They couldn't do anything. That that triple-double that Jokic secures, the second clip we tweeted, pick and roll, he receives the ball going downhill. Jeremy's in the dunker spot, and it's just... At this point, Jokic has the Clippers open like a children's book. Mm-hmm. I mean, he to, to say he's reading it is almost an overstatement. He's got this thing simplified, and it's just too easy. And you're exactly right. That's the source of the confidence at this point is Murray and Yoke. It's like, oh, they're not slowing down. And he got that triple-double, mind you, in the third quarter. Third quarter. About three minutes left in the third yeah. quarter. Uh, and I was just looking at the clips that, that you were tweeting out today. Yeah, go to the DMVR Nuggets timeline if you want to see these, but... The Paul George off the backboard three, that happened with four something left in the fourth quarter. You know? Yeah. We had four minutes to rewatch that play. That's right. <laughs> right. Before the game ended. Yeah. I, I, I mean, truly, like that. that is when we just, again, our eyes were opened into something larger than the world that we were currently living in, and everything changed Yeah. in that moment. That was the brick heard around the world. And, you know, we spent a lot of time in front of Paul George. I know it came out later. He was dealing with depression in the bubble. We all deal with with, with stuff like that, or many of us do. And, 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 you know, we'd never make fun of that aspect of it. Having said that, uh, what he said to the media (laughs) after each and every game, it was just like at this point, like you said, Smuggets, Fraud City. We're just like, dude, keep it coming, Paul. Like This is Amunit. We're eating this for breakfast. (laughs) And after games, I believe it's after game six, the series is now even is when he says that quote. There ain't no pressure. We're still in the driver's seat. You know, like, I don't know if you know how that that uh, expression works, but no, you're not. <laughs> and then he puts it off the side of the backboard, and it was just, how are we not going to soak this in? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was in the driver's seat like my 16-year-old sister when she got her license. Right. You're right. You are driving, <laughs> yeah, yeah. but, like, that's yeah. but you're going to hit a pole. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But it, it's, it's crazy that he said that because the opposite was actually taking 100%. place. Because, like, what I was just saying, Denver had the Clippers figured out. You know, and it was shifting back in that direction throughout the entirety of games five, six, and seven. Right. So. Right. You're right. The momentum was squarely on one side yeah, of the fence. It was clear, just so clearly going in the opposite direction. Sure. 
Uh, let me just read off a couple notable uh, little nuggets from that game. Here's a little nugget for you. We mentioned the Jokic triple-double. It just wasn't any ordinary triple-double. 16 points, 22 rebounds, 13 assists, 2 steals, 3 blocks in 40 minutes. He became the first player in NBA history to record a 20-rebound triple-double in a game 7. Uh, Jamal Murray in this game. 40 points, 4 <laughs> rebounds, 5 assists, just... An average game from Jamal Murray yeah, in the playoffs. Not the even bubble. close to his best game. Right. Of the- uh, he became the suck- second youngest player in NBA history to score 40 points in a game seven. Uh, one other note from that game, Doc Rivers was on the wrong end of a 3-1 series comeback for the third time in his career. That hasn't happened to any other head coach more than once. <laughs> that I'm, Man, that feels telling. <laughs> that feels like a stat. Yeah, that doesn't seem like an to. accident. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Not a coincidence on that one. Uh, good luck, Philly. <laughs> Something that um, we definitely hammered and analyzed and, and totally discussed when the game happened, but might have gotten a little lost over time. The defense that Denver played in that game seven. Mm. Kawhi Leonard shot six of 22 from the floor in that game seven. Paul George shot four of 16. The Clippers scored 89 points. Do you, remember, was, do you remember how they just like couldn't score in the fourth quarter? Just yeah. like could not. Score I think in the two things quarter. happened. Denver's defense was great, but the Clippers also really tightened up. They really tight, and we talked about they almost seemed to avoid it, like yeah. putting themselves in that position all season long prior to the playoffs. Guys were resting; they were rolling when guys were healthy in the regular season. And okay, sure, this group's really talented, but you know that Nuggets team was the poster team, the poster child of. There can be more to this equation than just aggregate talent, team chemistry, right? Like will, yeah, uh, and and those things were just uh, blatantly lacking, if not absent altogether, for the Clippers. I f- I mean, like looking back on it now, I really feel like <clears throat> when they assumed they were going to win the entire series, sure. obviously, and then when it got to the point where it was like, oh no, like this could actually happen, we could actually be bounced. I think. They were sort of like, we can go home, you know, and they sort of like, you know, I like, I think that there was some part of it where they, they started to look to the benefits of losing that series and they, they just let up in a way that they just could not respond or they couldn't rebound from. Well, that was just such an aspect of the bubble, you know, totally because those were two things pulling players and teams in opposite directions. Yes. I mean, we know this, there were guys uh, a couple of them are former Nuggets now who did not want any part of being in the bubble. They uh, wanted to go home. Yep. They almost left. I Jamal Murray, not a very good friend to those fellas. Yeah, but that wasn't just going on in the Nuggets. That was going on on a lot of teams. I'm sure some guys on oh, the Clippers course. felt that way as well. I cannot wait for the documentary that comes out about the bubble that just like really talks about what it was like, like the, the strange social dynamics. We've heard little bits and pieces from various sources. We've heard it from media members. We've heard it from, you know, just like people talking about like during the actual experience, people were equating it to being in prison. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I don't know, man. I, I just think we'll never see anything like the weird psychological right. experiment that was right. the NBA bubble and just like what it, you know, the performances we we saw that came out of yeah. it and just like all yeah. of the things like i'm so interested in this this all right this comment from luke cooper i was going to bring this up as well so there's that sequence right Jokic steals the pass from Kawhi. all hope is lost in la uh outlet pass jeremy grant throws down the dunk yeah 99.9 sure that jamal you can hear him runs past the clippers bench and just screams 
go home. <laughs> it's dragged out. It's long. It's guttural. It's visceral. Oh, baby. And you just know, I mean, think back to the Morris Millsap conflict and what Morris was saying to him. You just yeah. know for four games those guys were talking trash. Like, get ready to pack your bags. You're out of here. We're sending you home. This is cute. You just think of all of that. Take that into account. That moment where Jamal, a man on a mission, just, just screaming, go home. I That sequence is one of the best sports sequences I'm privy to as yeah. a fan or media member. Yeah. I mean, for my money, it's probably the greatest, you know, moment in, in, in Nuggets history. Oh, I mean, sure. it's either that or Matumbo yep. grabbing the ball after beating the Sonics. And let's be honest, like that's awesome because that comeback has never happened. But yeah. like, we're talking about two, three, one comebacks to go to the conference yeah. finals yeah. over the odds on favorite to win the title. It's crazy. So my question for you guys, September 15th, obviously going to be an iconic day in Nuggets history forever or forever. Sorry. What is more iconic December 15th or September 15th? Uh, December, December 15th still. Definitely. Cause I saw our, our friend of the show, Ryan Blackburn, bring this up on Twitter. And, and I thought it was interesting because now the nuggets, I really feel like in this Jokic era have two absolutely defining moments. December 15th, obviously when the nuggets and Michael Mullen made the switch from Balkan buddy ball from Yusef Nurkic at center to starting Nicole Jokic in center at center in that game against the Blazers. And now the second three, one comeback on September 15th. I feel like there are two defining just absolute iconic moments now a hundred a hundred percent but it's december 15th december 15th has got to be what about for you dylan i don't know man like the last three years of nuggets fandom have been like just one solid block of like growth excitement the seven happens the december 15th happens the like all of these things that have like built in it's weird that we now have this break we actually have like a legitimate break that's happened since this season ended and going into the next one. Like I have a hard time, like really picking out individual moments over this, that like, I don't think I'll ever forget that this run that we've been on up until this break, like just the whole thing. I mean, really it's the whole thing. I know it is really hard to pick out. You're so close to it too. You take in so much of it. It's it's almost it's ironically difficult to go back through and kind of sift through it, specific moments. It's crazy because in the moment, like you know, there are days when we come and we're like, "Oh man, there's another another Nuggets game tonight." <laughs> like we got, and then but to look back, it's just like, what an unbelievable gift! Like this this little run has been, and the fact that it's like didn't even culminate in a title, but like will be the probably the most memorable sports experience I've ever had as a Denver sports fan, like including the Broncos championships, the avalanche championships. I've just never felt like so connected to the plight of a, of a squad and like felt their pain so deeply myself. And like, you know, uh, just been on this journey in such a, a personal way. Um, and like, you know, it's, it's funny because it also like mirrors the, the rise and the, in the plight of DNVR itself. Like <laughs> yeah. Our, you know, like right as DNVR became a thing, like the nuggets went on their rise and then I don't know if you knew uh, COVID happened. <laughs> um, and so, you know, we were fighting along like, I remember that to you. Uh, yeah. I don't know. I, I'll get a date for you on that if you're curious. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know. I mean, like it's hard for me to pick out. Yeah. I mean, for me, it's probably still December 15th because you don't have September 15th without December 15th. September 15th without December 15th. Yeah, you don't have September 15th without December 15th. Like, that had to happen for this to happen. I just don't think we'll remember the date. We'll remember Game 7 against the Clippers. 
Like every, that's a good point. Yeah. You say December fifteenth, and if a Nuggets fan is even remotely online, they know exactly what. Because you're it's about. not oh that December game against the Blazers. No, no, no it's no, December fifteenth. Yeah. But yeah, I think you're right. We'll remember this more as Game Seven versus the Clippers for sure. The yeah. second three one for sure. sure. It's it's crazy how uh, how you're talking about just like the play of the Nuggets and everything makes sense. And honestly, the rise of the Nuggets is such like an incredible story. There's so many just absolutely like unique things and so many just iconic moments. And this is crazy. I totally have forgotten this, but September 15th is also Michael Malone's birthday. Completely. Yeah. Which is just like wild. <laughs> and there's that iconic Jokic quote in the bubble where he goes, yeah, I told Malone before the game that I'm going to get you a great birthday present. I'm going to get you a trip to the Western Conference Finals or I'm going to get you out of this bubble. <laughs> and uh, he got him one of those for sure. <laughs> it's also Jason Terry's birthday today. Oh, man. oh wow. The jet. Yeah. Uh, Final, yeah dude, not finally a, not a, a plane. Yeah, finally a date of note. <laughs> hey, the jet's birthday. What would you guys get Michael Malone for his birthday? I was thinking a Tory Craig. Oh, <laughs> just Tory Craig, just with a bow. I think I would head. get him like a stress ball. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> a fat joint from Solace. What Mendes. a king cone! A king Ooh, cone. That's that's a good that's a good transition because we are going to hit a break here, folks. Whoa! Um, Who does those? D line was mentioning how like this is just an, the best time ever to be a Nuggets fan. And on the other side, we're going to talk about why that's probably going to continue. Uh, so, wow, nice tease. Vote. <laughs> if you're, oh, look, I think we're all riding a Nuggets buzz right now. If you're look, <laughs> if you're looking to ride a real buzz, <laughs> might I suggest Breckenridge Brewery? I'm currently enjoying the juice uh, drop hazy. Hold IPA. on, let me check uh, here. Local time, twelve twenty-two p.m. Okay, you're clear. Okay, cool. It's a Wednesday, right? <laughs> you can't do that Monday or Tuesday. That's rough. But anyway. Uh, if Look, you can do it whenever you want. You just got to go to Breckenridge Brewery and check out that Brett Beer locator. Tell them what kind of beer you're looking for, where you live. They'll tell you where to go. It's a pretty sweet tool. Uh, there's really no catch, so check that out. If that is too many steps for you, I can cut I can cut some out. The DNVR bar. Uh, We've got a lot of it, including the Mile High City Copper Lager, that Denver Nuggets-themed can, that sleek blue can, the Nuggets, Nuggets logo printed right on there. You can't miss it. You will enjoy it. Mile High City Copper Lager. So come to the bar, punch that into the beer locator, find it for yourself. If you're looking to do more than just drink, you're trying to eat a little bit, that farmhouse is open. Uh, you can order curbside pickup from 12 to 8 p.m. They get beer. You can get beer delivery from the Drizzly app. And yeah, to order that delicious food and booze from the farmhouse, call 303-803-1380 from 12 to 8 p.m. for pickup. Remember to use code DNVR to save five dollars i got a burp take you behind the take you behind the curtain wow Look, was that was that real that was a real that's yeah. amazing yeah <laughs> well tv magic um people love when i talk about manscaped oh they Autumn love in it the, air. the pumpkins are in the patch and our friends at manscaped are here to make sure you don't carve your pumpkins in your patch that is a testicle metaphor. Make sure you're keeping things fresh this fall with the leaders in male a grooming. Testicle meta five. And their brand new fourth generation <laughs> performance package. Boys, get ready for a cuffing season like no other. Are you ready to tape a leap into fall with Manscaped? Join the two million men worldwide using Manscaped by going to manscaped.com. You're gonna give them code DNVR. They're gonna give you 20% off plus free shipping. Never cut yourself again. Never shave in the dark again. That 4,000K LED light. I'm still scarred by your story from the podcast yesterday. Uh, yesterday, like I'm. That was. I think that he's. I think he's jarring. also literally scarred from that story. Nice, dude. It says, look, it says right here in red letters. I'm not supposed to read it. Host to talk about a time when he's hurt his balls. I recalled 
an evening. <laughs> Sorry for doing my job. Manscaped DNVR 20% off plus free shipping. And we're back to the show. Uh, well, hold on. Before we get back here, can we introduce our, our, our special new member of DNVR? Yeah, do you want to? Yeah, yeah. Sure. Get out of here, Mitch. Oh, dude. I think Bring you can come him in on. for me. That's yeah, yeah. Come, come stand behind. Come stand behind. Well, you don't have to get up. Like, you, just, you, you guys know him. Listen, you guys know Mitchell Carroll. Hey, Mitchell Carroll from Twitter. Mitchell Carroll from a failed attempt at the steps. Now, <laughs> two failed attempts, two failed attempts two at the failed. steps. And a loss on the fan vote, but that's who's counting. <laughs> brand new. Yeah. Brand new marketing, or not marketing, uh, merchandise manager. Oh, merchandise manager. Head of merchandise here at DNVR. Mitchell Carroll, we couldn't be happier. I'm definitely. <laughs> The greatest, the greatest thing uh, about this for Mitchell, he doesn't realize, is I'm going to personally ruin his life by uh, releasing shirts that he has to then send yeah. out. <laughs> get, get to work, Mitchell. <laughs> <laughs> the more shirts you make, the tougher his job becomes. So you are just in direct control of his quality of life. Um, before we also before we get back to the show, I'm going to throw out a DraftKings pick of the week here. Week two NFL. Guys, the Denver Broncos, oh, six-point favorites in Jacksonville against Urban Meyer's Jacksonville Jaguars. Dude, Urban, I saw Urban Meyer. Urban Meyer, who has not taken the USC job. More like suburban. Definitively not. Suburban Meyer. Listen, I saw the greatest tweet uh, from uh, Knucklehead DNVR <laughs> that said, and I thought it was like a pretty reasonable measured tweet. It said, yeah. <laughs> the Denver, not to, not to overstate, but the Denver Broncos are the greatest team Ever assembled at any level at any point in time. I mean, 17 I and 0 is on the table. <laughs> I couldn't yeah, I It's couldn't on the table. Uh, but I'm going to take the Broncos minus six. Oh, they're the greatest team ever assembled. <laughs> I'm going to take them minus six. Much like the Giants, the Jaguars are bad. <laughs> so that's, that's. But bad, bad again, a relative term. They're bad in comparison to, to the, the greatest, greatest team, team ever, ever assembled. assembled at any level at any point in time. Yeah, I'm taking the minus six. I'm same game parlaying something else with it, but Ooh. DraftKings pick of the week. Broncos He's keeping six. that action for himself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. Welcome back to the DNBA show, the DNVR Nuggets podcast. We're presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. Use code DNVR uh, when you download the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Yep, it's right there in the upper left-hand left corner, upper corner? right-hand corner. I don't know which, right, which one Right, if it you're is. looking at your screen. Yeah, I don't know. Um, I don't know if you guys heard some news dropped yesterday. The Nuggets and Aaron Gordon have agreed to an extension. Tight. A four-year, $92 million Ooh. extension. So it got reported as $92 million. The most the Nuggets could give him on a veteran extension, 88 point, I think, one or $2 million. So that's the real number. There's some incentives in there which he might hit, which he might not hit. That brings it up to 92 million. We'll call it 92 million for the sake of this and for the sake of Aaron Gordon's agent. Uh, four years, 92 million. Vote. I'll go to you first. What was your initial reaction to this one? Well, you got to think about where the Nuggets are at in their team building phase, right? And they're entering the pay the tax phase, and so that's the next step. Is it look maybe is it a <laughs> like is it an overpay can compared to open market value? It very well might be. Is it an overpay compared to what was initially reported and what Denver maybe maybe could have snagged like three years twenty per? Sure, but this is the complementary piece. This is the fourth piece of your core, the cherry on top, if you will. So barring disaster, and again, the Nuggets expect this to work, and as they should based off the evidence we have. Barring disaster, this extra money you may see, okay, that number alarms you. That's not a Tim Connolly problem. That's not a you or a me problem. 
that's a cronky problem and and a problem they can afford at that so yeah like if you're a middling eastern conference team and you give that contract to aaron gordon to be option one or two if you're the magic yeah you, maybe, just picking out yeah, a, random pick a random team <laughs> yeah you go Ooh, that's kind of ugly but if you look at the denver nuggets paying to keep a contender around paying to keep the fourth complimentary piece which you almost always have to overpay to do right and again a team that's not going to find a guy like this in unrestricted free agency this all adds up to ultimately a no-brainer if ownership says hey we'll pay for it if you're tim you give him this contract and you lock in a formidable core for yeah man we're talking about 23 a year right so 20 what did jeremy grant end up saying 20 for 20 a year so we're three three million a year more than jeremy grant pay or was paid uh, but you kind of like in when you get into these, this tier of players, you're thinking about 20 million as sort of the benchmark, right? Sure. Like guys that are fringe all stars can sort of like, um, you know, that are recognizable and, and, and are in that higher tier. Um, and you're right. Like it, it, it's funny when people like get really worked up about the amount of money that a player is make, making when really like what do you, what do you care like right so long as it doesn't hurt the, the team building the construct of the team like if this prevents them from doing something in the future it's bad but i don't think that it's going to and and really it is you know if you just look back at how we all felt like that episode where we traded for and got Aaron Gordon like mm-hmm. the hope we felt those 10 games that followed like where we all were i mean like we were be like the snuggets for the smuggets were formed in the bubble and they exploded in those 10 games like we were feeling so good about ourselves and all this is saying is like that tim Connolly and co believe in the the um construct that they came upon that the, those collection of players those four players like represent a core that has an opportunity to actually get over the hump and so all we've done now is just open that window longer do sure. because now you know we have to sort of wait for Jamal Murray to come back for to actually be able to um take advantage of that. So I don't know how anybody could feel anything other than great about this. Yeah. I feel great. You could argue Eric like okay, a slightly team friendlier deal, it's easier to maneuver out of that, right? If if, if stuff hits the fan. Having said that, A, don't think it will win, but B, also it's not it's certainly not immovable as the cap continues to go up mm-hmm. and if he looks good in Denver yeah, and, and these opportunities just seem to arise out of thin air. And again, like Aaron Gordon, I think the naysayers, people that are feeling weird about this are just like thinking back to the end part of the year when Aaron Gordon's offense was what, what faltered. And they're not really taking into account like the, what he brings on the defensive side of the ball. He's an elite defender, right? Mm-hmm. And so, like, you have to pay for elite skill sets. Um, and when you bring in that, you know, that ultra-elite skill set of Jamal Murray shouldering all of the offensive, you know, duties that AG did his best to try and, you know, fill in the blanks for, I mean, it becomes a no-brainer. So it's great. I, I love it. I love that the Nuggets being decisive. I love that they're – not sort of in this world where they're trying to figure out who they are like they figured it out now it's just a matter of like making it happen yeah i love that because that's probably my biggest takeaway i I agree with most of what you guys said like 92 million i don't think that's an overpay for aaron gordon on the nuggets yeah it's an overpay if he's on a bad team not on the nuggets and the biggest feeling that that I felt immediately after this signing and over the last couple of days is just excitement, man. Yes. Yep, yep, yep. Because the Nuggets are paying a shit ton of money, or will be paying a lot and a lot of money once the Michael Porter Jr. extension 
rookie extension comes down, which I'd be stunned if it didn't before the season. They're going to be p- paying a ton of money to keep a really, really, really good team together. And that's a commitment to what they've built and what they will continue you know, to build in the future. The luxury tax is coming. You They'll it, man. probably definitely be paying the luxury tax, not next season, but the year after that, once the Porter extension you know, goes into the books. And it's just exciting, man, because this team is already really good, and they're going to be really good for a long time because they're keeping this group together. Did you guys know there's only one team to finish top four in the West in each of the last three seasons? Sure. I do you know, know who that, that team is? Yep. Phoenix Suns. It's the Denver what? Nuggets. Holy smokes. The only team to finish top four in the West each of the last three seasons. Dude, there's I'm only so- two teams in the league who have done that or to finish top four in their conference, the Nuggets and the Bucks. But this makes sure that will continue, and the Nuggets are going to be a contender and a top-tier West team, I think, you know, for the foreseeable future. Yeah. That is really exciting. Changes how you feel about the Murray situation for sure. I mean, I know Barton's on a shorter deal. I do think of the f- of the five pieces in the starting lineup, and I'm a, as huge a Barton guy as anyone. At this point, he's probably the one that's the most, I don't want to say expendable, interchangeable if you had to, right? If you lose Barton, you can audible out of that. But with these four locked in, couldn't agree more, Wind. It's it's a, it's a very formidable core for Dude, it's, And this is like the difference between unserious franchises and franchises that you know that are like earnestly trying to win championships is that like the Rockies, when they have a player that's too good, they're like, oh, crap. Now we got to get rid of this guy. He's going to want money. Uh, the, the, the Nuggets are showing you they're like serious. They're like, yep. you should be happy that the the franchise is putting money out there. They are signaling to you that your faith is being rewarded, that they actually are, you know, are worth, you know, investing emotional capital in because mm-hmm. they're at least taking a swing. They're trying to make it happen. I love it. A couple of things. I think people have a couple of thoughts that stem from this. I mean, the first is, what does this mean for the Porter extension? We've already... Look, if it, if you take this as we do, as a good sign that the Cronkies are committed to pay to keep this team together, yeah, this changes nothing. That Gordon came in first changes nothing. Uh, Porter was always expected to command a pretty penny regardless of cap sheet and the market. And more to the point, the Nuggets have full control over where he begins that next deal. So... I think you take this only as as positive reinforcement evidence that they're ready to spend. Um, I'll, look, I know I saw a question in here. Are they ready to, you know, how deep are they willing to go into the tax and for how long? Fair questions remains to be seen. Yeah, we'll see. But these are indicators that... Success will dictate that. I think these are indicators that both the... Fr- great point. Both the front office and ownership look at this team similarly, at least to how you do at home. Yeah. And the $92 million figure, which is really $88 million, it's like a, it's, it, it seems, it's like a boom, like it figures out there. It's like, wow, $92 million. Like, that's a lot. Right. But it's going to look a lot better in a couple of years when the cap goes up. I can it's guarantee all, you of that. Always how this in, happens. In a couple, this is how it just works, man. In a couple years, it's going to be, it's like, Oh, that's that's like nothing, you know. It's always how like it works. everybody's gonna be making twenty something million in a couple years, and this is hilarious. But the Nuggets and Gary Harris, when they agreed to an extension way back when, like three four years ago, whenever that was, four years, eighty eight million. It's the same extension. It's the same extension that they agreed to. With Just Gary whoever Harris. is that guy, and on the, on you know, two three years money. later, that extension was more than tradable. So yeah, if things go awry, right. You, 
it, it, the contract is fine. It's fine. It's not that maybe much money. Maybe you have to attack. I, you know, I, I was juxtaposing it with ideal, like not good, literally ideal. Best case scenario, maybe it's a little more movable. You don't have to attach a pick. But to your point, and it's a good one, that cap's going up. The And this is what deals look like, you touched on this, for a fourth, fifth starter on a good team. Sure. This is what yes. it looks like. And I, I don't think they're going to have to pivot, but we've talked about this before. This seems to me like a two-year window with this group. Will Barton signed for two years. Um, Jeff Green signed for two years. Jermichael Green, a one-plus-one. If they need to pivot after two years, I think they'll be able there are to. There some routes to that. Um, yeah. Or they can you know, keep running this back, but... The Nuggets, deep down, they believe that this is the team that can win them a championship. And you've got to pay for championship contenders. If you look at all the teams that make the finals, all the teams that win championships, most of them are luxury tax teams that cost a lot of money. You just don't usually get there Mm -hmm. unless you're throwing a lot of money out. And it's no no, uh, secret. The Nuggets and Tim Conley and ownership, I think, is convinced of this as well. Think based on what they did immediately after the trade deadline when they won seven in a row with Aaron Gordon, when that lineup had an 18 and a half net rating in 110 minutes, plus 43, they outscored their opponent in those 43 minutes. Best O and Dean rating in the league over that span. Yeah. And that's in Aaron Gordon's first 100 minutes with the Nuggets, period. You know, that's like he's he's going to a new school and already becoming like, you know, big man on campus in his first 100 minutes. Just think of what he can do if he has a full year under his belt with this team. So the Nuggets think that this is the group that they can win a championship with. They're doubling down. And, I mean, I think they're right, too, because we all thought this right after the trade deadline. They looked like the best team in the league. They weren't just beating teams. They were demolishing teams over that 7-0 Can, we take, can we take just one minute for me to uh, run through a wall? Yeah. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, you're so right, Harrison. And, again, I always think back to that. Think about the process, not just the results, right? They didn't go on that tear based off the individual brilliance of like, okay, yeah, if Yoke has 40-point triple-doubles, they'll win every game. No, it was – in fact, no one really had any one performance over that stretch where you were like, wow. It was just this this starting lineup is complete. They're going to find – they're going to find one, if not multiple, high-percentage looks options within any given possession with those five on the court. And there are no great matchups for those five. There are some that are better than others, but it came so easily to them. It looked so healthy that, again, to to not do everything they could to get them back on the court would have been insane. Insane. They they found the formula, then they're like, mm, should we pay for it? Yeah. And they're like, isn't this a business? And they're like, yeah. And then you're like, yeah, you should pay for it. And they're like, okay. Yeah, and by the way, <laughs> by the way, <laughs> like I understand how everything had to go right for the Bucks to win, and there were tons of sliding door moments in their run, right? So I I, I get all of that, but yeah. let's just look at what Milwaukee did. They overpaid for Drew Holiday in the trade. I know. Then it's they funny. then they overpaid to extend him. Yep. Because he was their guy. Yep. They're not an LA market, and they paid to keep a team they thought might be good enough together. They were rewarded. That for is them. hilarious. Like when. In the last off season, when we're like, man, we should try and get Drew Holiday, and they were like, then Milwaukee signs were like, whoa, what a bunch of suckers! Yeah, <laughs> look at that price, five first round picks, and we'll give him a max contract. We're like, man, what a bunch of idiots! And then uh, they won the championship. And that look, that could have bit them, and that could have come back to bite them. Like if Chris Middleton tears his ACL, as Jamal Murray did, no way they win that title. But sure. all the same, 
the Bucks front office and ownership bold, did what they had to do. You've to put got to put home. yourself in position to capitalize when yes. you get there. And that's what the Nuggets are yes. doing with bringing back Aaron Gordon, keeping him around. hundred percent. Love it. Yeah. Let's hit another break. There's a lot more I want to get into. I've got like three other entire points I want to get to. Oh, man. If about I don't, Aaron Gordon. I need to calm down. Please vote. Don't talk about your testicles. <laughs> gets, you, gets you going. Huh? <laughs> gets the people talking. The Colorado XOs. <laughs> Completely different direction. Okay, good. Finished up their season at five and five. That's a great start for a brand new team playing against professionals playing for years. If that sentence sounds funky to you, uh, you might not know what the XOs are. If you haven't heard, they're Rugby Town USA's newest rugby team, and it's a really sweet concept. They're athletes who have competed at the highest level of their respective sports, coming from backgrounds in football, basketball, baseball, wrestling, soccer, track and field, ping pong. Just kidding. These athletes possess all the necessary skills yeah, to no excel at the me. game of rugby. Um, so if you fancy yourself one of those athletes, an elite athlete, looking to try something new, looking to get a new opportunity, contact the director of recruitment, Peter Pask. His email is ppasque at glendale.co.us. That's ppasque at glendale.co.us. And then, fellas, I don't know if you noticed, uh, sometimes we do some business with DraftKings Sportsbook, America's mm. top-rated sportsbook. I'm, yeah. I've been doing a lot of business with DraftKings This is the first sportsbook. time hearing of it. Business is booming. Oh! Uh, hey, is. week one may be over, but the official sports betting partnership between DraftKings and the NFL, that's raging on. To kick mm. off week two, DraftKings is giving all new customers a can't-miss offer. I bet you can guess it. And if you haven't downloaded it yet, um, I mean, come on, dude. I'm begging you. If you just bet just $1 on any football game, you receive $200 in free bets instantly. You don't have to win that bet. You just have to place that bet. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now, America's top-rated sportsbook app. Use code DNVR when you do. And again, you'll receive $200 in free bets instantly when you place a bet of $1 or more. Yeah, and then also quickly, you get that free $200 in bets and you don't know what to do with it. You watch DNVR bets. bets every day. They yeah. give you winners. Yesterday, I gave out two winners. I told you to take uh, John Gray over four and a half strikeouts. He accomplished that. He got seven. I also told you to take the Rockies to lead in the first five innings. They did that. And then lose. And then I also said they were going to lose, but they didn't lose. They <laughs> they they they, oh, they tried to lose, but they held on. But that was the exact story, and it, it hit two out of three. It's a good, it's a good thought. <laughs> so remember. Uh, you must be 21 or older, Colorado only, new customers only, restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sports, but for details, gambling problem, another burp, call 1-800-522-4700. I don't usually have carbonated alcoholic beverages this early in the day. <laughs> well, just not on camera. Just not on camera. That's right. <laughs> uh, you know what I do on or off camera? What's in the mornings? What? Tough start, but just no, not a manscape read. <laughs> I drink Strava Craft Coffee, oh, the delicious hey. CBD-infused coffee. Takes the edge off that IBS, that anxiety, all sorts of symptoms. Uh, if you don't know about it, just talk to someone who's tried CBD. Ask them. Uh, I have had great experiences with it, particularly when I get it through Strava Craft Coffee. How can you get Strava Craft Coffee? Well, I'm glad you asked, Brendan. You can go to StravaCraftCoffee.com and you can sign up using code DNVR, DNVR25. You'll get 25% off uh, your shipment if you're a new user. However, if you use that same code when you sign up for their subscription service, this is the real vendor in play. You're going to get 20% off every single shipment, every single time. That can be every two, four, six, eight weeks. It's up to you unless you're into odd numbers. Check out Strava Craft Coffee, the delicious CBD infused coffee that will leave you honking like a goose. Love it. I love it too. I haven't heard that one in a while. I haven't heard it. My, my favorite is when 
people on other beats use that same phrase they have with, no just, idea what that's with from. no explanation. Yeah. No context. <laughs> yeah. But don't ask us what it means because no, we can't no. tell. We, we, it's a secret. We, it's not a secret. It's just we don't we don't know. We Brendan's brother explained to him that he drank Stromacraft coffee, and the okay. CBD had him honking like a goose. To, be, to, to full quote, this CBD shit yeah. has me honking like a goose. Has me honking like a goose. We don't know what it means, but we love it. Love it. <laughs> uh, we don't know, but we do know. Uh, welcome back to the DMBA show, the DMVR Nuggets podcast. We're presented, of course, by DraftKings Sportsbook. Use code DNVR. You sign up and download the DraftKings Sportsbook app. I've got um, two more notes on just the contract. Like the $92 million, like I said, had some sticker shock value to it. Terry Rozier just signed for four years, $96 million. Hmm. I, I will guarantee you this. No contender is taking Terry Rozier over Aaron Gordon. Zero. Yeah. There are zero contenders that would take that swap. Um, Terry Rozier is getting quite a bit more than Aaron Gordon is. Also... You need big contracts to make trades. We saw that when the Nuggets traded Gary Harris for mm. Aaron Gordon. They needed that salary. So, again, I don't think this will happen. I don't see Denver going down this road. But if they had to pivot in a couple years, in three years, they need big contracts for a trade, and you're probably not going to trade one of the big three. So yep. um, I think it's a great deal. Deft. Yes. Another. I think, oh, I just okay, want to shout out ahead, Mitchell Carroll. Who, sorry, man. He tweeted it was a great line. Uh, there is a difference between a, what's literally an overpay and what is a bad contract. And I think that gap between those concepts widens when you're in the phase of contender building that Denver's in, i.e. paying the tax eventually. Aaron Gordon, just a good player, man. It's not like he had a fluky season that he's getting paid for or he's some unproven guy. He is only 25 years old, which I can't believe he's 25 I know, years old. Yeah, I, it, it, for me, it's just like this comes on the heels of him being foisted into a position that he was not intended to play. Mm -hmm. And his offense looks shaky and he kind of like uh, people's confidence in him got rattled. But it's it's really an unfair way to view Aaron Gordon. It's really you should think about him as he was when he first got here. And he just was locking up Kawhi Leonard, locking up Luka Doncic, like all of these guys that we talked about the other day, that uh, yeah. these guys that, um, you know, can really ruin a game for you if they go off. Like Aaron Gordon was able to handle those guys. If you're looking to Aaron Gordon to be an offensive weapon, like you're going to be disappointed. Right. I spent about an hour and a half or two hours last night just compiling this Aaron Gordon sizzle reel for his <laughs> yeah. defense that I put out on Twitter about an hour ago. And it's just of the all-stars that he defended last year. Kawhi Leonard, Paul George. I had forgotten about some of these. Yep. Jason Tatum. Yep. I totally forgot about the game where he played very good defense on Anthony Davis. Right. Um Dame Lillard, and then you obviously go into the playoffs, Lillard and Portland, and he actually had some good defensive sequences on Devin Booker. Uh, Devin Booker actually didn't hurt the Nuggets as much in that series as people remember. Um, but Aaron Gordon's just a really good no, player, man. it was Chris man. Paul that hurt the Nuggets. Right, it was, it was Chris Paul. But you hit on the next point I wanted to talk about with Gordon. Yes, he got his money. Yes, he got paid. For, but my, one of my biggest takeaways from him after the trade was he really wanted to be here, man. Yeah, I know. He really did and to get a guy like aaron gordon who's aaron gordon comes with some clout man he's the guy in the dunk contest everybody knows who he is he's more popular i think just among the nba than we think but to get that guy 
to really embrace the role that he was required of in Denver to be the defensive stopper, to be a fourth or fifth option on offense, which is totally different than what he was in Orlando. This is such a great point. He embraced that and he wanted to be a part of that. He could have really pushed for a two-year deal, gotten back on the market, kind of rebuilt his value here and cashed in and been a number one or number two offensive option elsewhere after Denver. But he wants to be here. He wants to be on a winner. He wants to play with Jokic. He wants to be that big game defender that Denver needs him to be. Yeah, how quickly we forget like that Denver is just sort of like viewed league-wide and, you know, in the the, the reaches of all of the fan base is just sort of like a play like a Siberia places places where players would not consider even coming like mm-hmm. you couldn't get meetings with people like the fact that the culture change that has under that the, the nuggets have undergone since Tim Connolly took the rein since Michael Malone like really started to put emphasis on the locker room the what Nikola Jokic brings to the squad Jamal Murray like it's all starting to pay dividends you see Denver being a place that is like if not desirable at least like a reasonable destination for NBA talent which is just like a a sentence you would never be able to utter in any part years leading up to this so you're right like the you gotta like you gotta want guys that want you I yes. mean it means something yes. that want to be here it means something and I actually I went long-winded the shorter winded answer to your original question Harrison what was my first reaction this came a year, about a year earlier than it had to. And that tells you, I think, so much about the big question of Aaron Gordon, which is when he was up there in those post-game press conferences, smiling, hardly believing his luck. Was that real? <laughs> yeah. And it's impossible, in my opinion, not to think of Jeremy Grant, who was presented for this with, with this same exact opportunity, tabbed for the same responsibilities, and understandably chose something else. Then immediately flipped to Aaron Gordon, who says, no, let me get ahead of this. Yeah, I want back in on whatever that was. And it, it, it speaks to what you were saying, which is his. Does, it's not just, oh, he will fill this role. It seems like he likes it, like he yeah. wants to, and he feels comfortable doing yeah. it. Also, great hair. Great yeah. smile, too. Yeah. Great smile, great he, hair. He gives Good us a lot of potential <laughs> male form corner content. Oh, man. So we love that. <laughs> That's yeah. all we're looking for. Yeah. The the fact that you uh, compared him to Jeremy Grant is so interesting because those guys have complete opposite NBA arcs. Jeremy Grant came into the league on the process Sixers, never really got the chance to spread his wings, had played a very defined role, even played a more defined one in Denver than he obviously thought he would, wanted to see what he could do as a top option. Aaron Gordon was the total opposite. Other yep. went Went to... Orlando as a pretty high draft pick, as a lottery pick. Jeremy Grant was a second rounder. He was the guy in Orlando. Experienced that, said, no, I want to win. And it was after game two against Portland, what I think it was, it, what I think was his defining moment so far as a Denver Nugget when he asked Michael Malone to have him switch on to Damian Lillard after halftime, played a huge part in shutting Dame Lillard down in that second half. And like I said, I think that's his defining moment so far. And after that game, he said, I live for those matchups, man. Being that defensive guy, that's my niche. And that's really when the light uh, flipped on in my head. And I said, like, this is the role he's fine with playing. Yep. Yeah. He, he he could be the guy he was in Orlando. Like Aaron Gordon 
he didn't look great on offense, but he could still score if he has to. Yep. Uh, but he is entering a different stage in his career where he just wants to win. He wants to play whatever role Denver needs him to to win. And being that defensive guy, he's embracing that. He likes being that guy, man. It's it's so exciting. And yeah, I think the notion of being that guy on a team that could get it done, and and maybe, I don't know if this factors in, in a place where no one's ever gotten it done, seems to be something that at just 25 he's made a pretty like wise reevaluation of. Like, this is valuable to me. Yeah. I am enjoying this. Uh, and look, also long-term, think about guys like Andre Iguodala. Could be, you know, like, uh, penny dumb dollar wise, right? Like if he if he takes this approach in Denver, helps them win a title, looks great filling a very specific role, he much might be that much more valuable for the rest of his career mm-hmm. to teams in that sort of position. I see in the comments Aaron Gordon or Jeremy Grant. My answer would be Aaron Gordon, just because I think Aaron Gordon's a way better defender than Jeremy Grant, and defense is more what this team needs. Jeremy Grant had some good Dude, moments. I, I, I would have ta- taken a bot in Jeremy Grant. That's the thing, is it like, if you're just saying like on a piece Great of paper, point, yeah. um, like Jeremy Grant didn't want to be here, so what are you, what are you supposed to do with that? he would like, rather not be the defensive guy. Yeah, like he, he doesn't want to do know, that dirty work without the reward. Yeah, I mean, yeah. you know, good for him. He found a great landing spot for himself. He was able to redefine uh, the way people look at him is just more of an offensive threat. Uh, Jeremy Grant's a great player. Like, I would have loved for it to work out with Jeremy Grant. But, you know, I, I'll take the guy that wants to be here all day, every day. And, mm-hmm. and the two of them have, like, their skill sets are not so dissimilar. It's just how they, you know, how they ang- – like, Jeremy Grant has now focused his attention to being offensively minded, even though he is, like, extremely long and should be a defensively minded player. Aaron Gordon's happy to – assume that defensive role and like not make offense his primary role, which is what we do not need on this yeah. team. So AG just fits in perfectly if we have all of our core together. Yeah. yeah, that's exactly it. And and that's, you know, you look at the difference in their contracts. Well, would you rather give Jeremy Grant this much or Aaron Gordon this much? Well, it's give Jeremy Grant that much to soak up a top usage slot in yeah, their roster. Yeah, which we don't want. Which like, Denver doesn't need. There's What's the point in that? In Maybe Jeremy Grant could do it, but you've got two guys that you know can. So paying up... Paying up to have a guy who you know for a fact is about the dirty work that you're requiring of yep. him. That's where Denver's at yep. in this stage of the, you know, you make these, let's let's call it a mistake just hypothetically in overpay. You make those mistakes earlier on in the team building phase, it can really screw you up. Yeah. But at this, Jeremy, at this point, no. Jeremy Grant, a much better shooter, and that would be the reason why you would pick him potentially. But I would take the defense. I would take the fit, the, the seamless culture fit yeah. over a better shooter. Yes. If, if I had no to. question. Yeah. And you know, another reason why I really felt the nuggets wanted to lock up Aaron Gordon. And I talked to some people with the team and, and they hammered this home. The Michael Porter jr. Factor. You need a guy next to Michael Porter jr. Like Aaron Gordon, who can take on that really tough defensive assignment. And the fact that those two on paper and on the court, we saw this right after the trade deadline, were such a good fit together, and that clicked so easily yeah. right off the bat. Yep. I think, and I really think, well, I know the Nuggets looked at that and said, this is the guy we want next to Michael Porter for the yeah. next several years. Yep. Yeah, I mean, like, again, like, the Nuggets are not building a fantasy squad. They're, feel, they're building a team, a team yep. that needs to have complementary pieces that one guy, they, it's not just a bunch of redundancies that creates confusion. People don't know what it is they're supposed to be doing. They found the formula. They're paying for the formula. They believe 
and as I think we all do, that there is something powerful in the core that they've put together. So it's all good news. Everything's great. Let's go. And defense isn't a rising property. I mean, we can boil it down to individual defenders all we want, but what, you know, what is the, what does it add up to? What is that whole, despite what we know about the sum of its parts? And I think you know, that starting lineup post trade deadline, I'd never seen the Nuggets like that defensively. Nope. They were switching things. They were huge. And that aggregate size, which MPJ contributes to, mitigated Jokic and MPJ's defensive deficiencies yep. in a way I haven't really seen before mm -hmm. in, in, a, in the Jokic era. So I, it's an arising property, and putting AG in there changed a lot. Yeah. They are really long. They are really big. And it's funny. When I was putting together that defensive highlight reel of uh, Aaron Gordon, Michael Porter Jr. had a lot of blocks in there. Yeah. His blocks at the rim. And it's something we kind of forget, but I really feel like he was figuring out how to use his length yes, around sure. the rim over the second half of the season. And I, I think that's going to continue. But th that was something that jumped out to me. I was like, wow, wow. Michael Porter came over for a bunch of like weak side blocks and had a bunch of blocks where he was, you know, coming in from behind and stuff. That's just so. it. Like the MPJ is, is, as far as his defensive deficiencies are concerned, it's always like positional stuff. It's yeah. that, like his ability to just be taller than guys and, jump, and high. jump high and get get his arms up, grab rebounds like that. No question, no issue there. It's like, yeah. let's go, man. Yeah. I've got one final point on the Aaron Gordon extension. This is a message to Nikola Jokic, to Jamal Murray, maybe even to Michael Porter. It's a message to all of us, the city of Denver, the Colorado Nuggets fans, but it's the a direct message to the core of this team that we're really serious here. We're really serious about building a contender and pulling together the money and resources that it takes to keep this team together. And if I'm Nikola Jokic, look, I never think Nikola Jokic is leaving Denver. I think he's going to be a Nugget forever, but... You know, he can re-sign uh, to a Supermax deal next offseason, I believe. If I'm Nicole Jokic and I see the Nuggets, you know, pay to bring Jamichael Green back, bring in Jeff Green, you know, fill out this bench with a really, uh, really strong group. They're, they're like too deep at every position. If I'm Nicole Jokic and I see the Nuggets really pay to keep Aaron Gordon around, I'm going to be like, why would I even think about leaving? Not that he's having any sure. thoughts, but, you know, this team's paying to keep this group together. I got a coach here who I came into the league with who, you know, will be here for a while. The front office is still the same. They keep, you know, doubling down and doing what's necessary to keep this group here. If I'm Nicole Jokic, I'm thinking that. If I'm Jamal Murray, I'm thinking that. I think that's a bit of an un underrated aspect here. The core of this team is going to look at this Aaron Gordon extension and be like, yeah, like everybody in this organization is all in. Yeah. You know? And, and as if Jamal needed more incentive, here's why you're rehabbing. Here's why you're disciplined yeah. in that every day. Because the rest of us, were with you. you. We saw you were all in. So are we. So I think it sends a strong message to the core of this team. And it also sends a strong message to the rest of the league. You know, mm. that the Nuggets aren't just, uh, they didn't have just this shot in the arm, the 3-1 comebacks. Mm -mm. Uh, they won a playoff series. It's not like they're going to go away. Um Nuggets are going to be here for a while, and this Aaron Gordon extension ensures that, I think. No one's going to call them frauds anymore. I mean, they, the odds are they fall short, as are the odds for virtually every team every year. Um, yeah, but, they, yeah, they absolutely will. But, like, this group, <laughs> you can't, as a basketball fan, look at this group in good faith and be like, pfft. Flash in the pan. Oh, you're talking about good faith coming from opposing fan bases on Twitter. <laughs> on Twitter, yeah, they're like, I'm the asshole. They're like, 
Uh, I gotta be fair to no, Nikola Jokic and the Denver Nuggets. Yeah. They're building a culture. I may be only 15 years old and a little jacked up on my jewel right now. Yeah, but, but they're like, they're like Nikola Jokic was a victim of circumstance. Yeah. I recognize and respect his. <laughs> nah, you're right. Frauds. Yeah. Man, Aaron Gordon extension is done. Michael Porter Jr. one should be next. This has been an awesome offseason, man. We got Bones Highland. We got two starters. We will have two starters, I think, locked in on long-term extensions. Barton there, comes back on a team-friendly deal. And Barton. Sorry, I forgot about Dude, Will two, Barton. Two off-seasons Three are starters. All of them. In. Dude, every off-season has been amazing with Tim Conley. He's my favorite. Tim, call me. The, the, the last two off-seasons, man... Again, like you want to do the the hindsight sliding doors thing, teetering on disaster. Just the way things could have gone. JG leaves. Now Jamal's hurt, and the Barton contract's up. All of a sudden, this timeline's muddied. Yeah. And Tim took a deep breath and said, "I got this." Twice right. in a row. Right. All right. Um, fun show. I think Ooh. we did successfully cover every single angle of. I feel the like Gordon it. Extension. I feel. Well, you forgot. Um, no, we did forget the angry, irrational fan who wasn't listening to a single word we just said. Yeah, yeah. We do it. Let's just say, oh, that's a lot of money. That's too much money. Brr. That's an overpay. He can't even <laughs> score. He can't shoot. Brr. All right, screw All right, you. All right, now we've screw covered you, every angle. fake yeah. fan that we just invented. That we just invented to get mad at. <laughs> the, the, the straw man fan. You could you. burn in hell. <laughs> All right. Uh, fun show, guys. Hey, before you get out of here, if you're watching the show right now, Hit that like button. Give us a thumbs up. Helps us grow the show. And look, we'll be back for another show tomorrow right here from the studio. Who knows what we'll be talking about? Maybe it's a Michael Porter extension. Hopefully that'd be fun. Back-to-back extension. Contract talk. hype? Yeah. Multiple days? I got another 60 minutes on contract hype. We could run this show back just with Michael Porter. I'm sorry. Do you have stuff to do, Kale? Oh, okay. oh. We're boring Kale. Ooh. Kale is bored. Ooh, hit a streaming. <laughs> so busy. Ooh. All right. Thanks for listening, guys. Talk to you tomorrow. Later. Right now, guys, at House of Cattle Company, if you are a DNVR listener, use the code DNVR10 at checkout for 10% off your entire purchase from Hassle Cattle Company. You get that deal every time. Every time you go to Hassle Cattle Company and place an order, you're going to get 10% off with the code DNVR10. Any orders over $200, you will receive free shipping. They've got everything you could want at Hassle Cattle Company. They've got blue-collar Wagyu beef. They've got New York strips, they've got Wagyu Franks, they've got smoked sausage, beef bacon, jerky flavors, tons and tons of options at Hassel Cattle Company. Also, if you're in the Denver area, if you stop in to the DNVR bar, try our burger on the menu. Of course, it's got Hassel Cattle Company Wagyu beef on it. It's my go-to every single time. So if you're in the area, if you're stopping by the DNVR bar, you can try Hassel Cattle Company out on our burger on the menu. If not, Use the code DNVR10 at hasslecattlecompany.com for 10% off your order.